You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. I love the fact that the psalm is here in Psalm 16 and 11 is an optimist. Because notice the words in the first clause. You will show me. You will. He was optimistic. His his focus was on the positive and not the negative. Undoubtedly, he had embedded in him the word of God because the entire verse is not only biblical in the sense of it being part of the Bible, but you can easily reference what he states here in the verse to other passages in the Old and the New Testament. But the primary thing I want you to get in your being right now is that like the psalmist, we need to always be optimistic when it comes to the doings of God. When it comes to the will of God, especially as it concerns our lives. If God tells you something, that thing, from his standpoint, never changes. If God tells you he's going to do something, from his standpoint, it will never change. Simply because, according to Malachi 3 and 6, God changes not. And Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If something changes, it will be on our end. I said if something changes, it will be on our end. Because unlike God, we are subject to change. I said we are subject to change. And often we allow what we see, hear, feel, or think to cause us to change. That's the reason you have to be optimistic. You have to be positive in reference to your attitude. Your your behavior has to be in line with the will of God. You can never allow your your trouble to dictate to you what is going to happen in the present and the future. Never allow it. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, Paul gave the reason why. He said, the things we see, they're just temporary. They're going to change. But the thing that's not going to change is God's written and revealed word. Simply because of Matthew 24 and 35 when Jesus said heaven and earth shall pass but not the word. Why is the word not going to change? One reason because the word equates God. God is synonymous with his word. John 1 and 1 and following in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. 
Walker, I told you I was going to do it. And I know after I told you, the man turned you down. But look at what he said and look at what I did. It's different, Walker. I meant what I said. I didn't say it just to say it. I meant it. It's just like when God tells us there's a season of better, being here and better is coming. He didn't say it just to make us happy. Just for us to have a Sunday to shout or to turn in victory. God means exactly what he says. Whether it's his written or his revealed word. And, and one thing I love about the psalmist is that he knew God as a revelator. Notice what he says in the text. You will show or reveal to me the path of life. You're going to reveal it. See, the psalmist understood what Amos talked about in Amos 3 and 7. When Amos said, surely the Lord God will do nothing. Unless he reveal his secrets to his servants, the prophets. His secrets equates his seasons, his plans, his purposes, and so forth. If God gets ready to do something here on earth, he's going to reveal it to his, his mouthpiece. He's going to share the news with his children. I said he's going to share the news with his children. And so, again, the psalm said, you will show or reveal to me the path of life. The path of life. It not it amazing how some folks just live based upon how man has set things up? Well, you know, I'm such and such, so, and you know, they say this is what I'm going to have to do. Well, you can choose that way, but there is an alternative. We, we done tried man's way. Man's way don't work for, for me. What about you? I, I can't live the way, because if man had a say-so over your life, he would make sure you live beneath your privilege. If certain folk had a say over your life, they would keep you in the poorhouse. If certain folk had a say over your life, you would never receive your heart's desire. And, and, see, and see, man who is tied into the system Hates to hear preaching like this. Preaching that tells you you don't have to accept the norm because of John 10.10. What do you mean because of John 10.10? Jesus said the thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But I, I came that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I want you to have abundant life. And see, folk here, somebody like me, teach it. And the first thing, you know, that preacher teach such and such. But they never add, it's Bible. It's Bible. See, we have to be like the psalmist. We, we have to know that God is in control of life. But he will only give us Certain things in life if we choose him. Notice again, John 10, 10, the latter part. I have come that you may have life 
and that you may have it more abundantly. Who are you? I am the good shepherd. I'm the one that, that became poor. So you could have life. You're going to show me the path of life. And, and see, some of us are still looking for man to show us the path of life. You're still caught up in trying to make somebody give you something. A hoping man going to do this, that, and the other. But see, even when man does give you certain things, often there are strings that are attached. And I don't know about you, I don't want to be nobody's puppet. I said, I don't want to be nobody's puppet. Saving God. I don't mind God directing my path, telling me what I need to do. But even when it comes to God, he still gives us a choice. You will show me the path of life. You will show me exactly how I need to think, talk, and act as part of the path of life. Well, that's one aspect of the path of life. How can you say talking is tied into life? Because Proverbs 18 and 21 decrees death and Life or in what? What you say. What you say. That, that's the reason James, who understood it, though after Solomon penned it, it was hundreds of years later before James said, be slow to speak. See, you, you got to be slow to speak because stuff will just pop up on your mind. Negative stuff. Crazy stuff. Stuff you ain't really took time to meditate on. And you'll you be saying stuff you, that, that you messing up your own self. Woo, matter of fact, look at somebody and say, don't, don't mess up your own self with your tongue. Shout it at somebody else. Don't mess up your own self. <laughs> Death and life are in the power of the what? And he who loves or uses it shall eat the fruit thereof. I got to watch what I say. I've got to be careful when it comes to my thinking. <laughs> reading the Bible tells us when it comes to our mindset in Romans 12 and 2 be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove prove equates no what else the good acceptable and perfect will of God see my mind needs to be geared toward what God has will for me See, bad can be coming, but if God has will better for me, I'm not going to allow the bad that's happening to cause my mindset to change. How many understanding? Some of us need to grasp this because what, you go, what you're going through right now has been dominating your mind. It's been dominating your mind, but it's time to change. It's time to cause a shift to take place and be filled with the will of God. Paul said in Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Let, choose. Let means to choose. Choose to have the mind of Christ. Choose it. Choose to have his mindset. Choose to have the mind that this going to work out for my good. This thing right here is looking bad. It, it's going to turn out in my favor. There's no way I'm going to be in a season of better and better not going to come my way. 
Sometimes you have to tell that to bad. Bad will be knocking down your door. You, you have to tell bad, look, there's no way in a season of battle you're going to win. There's no way in a season of battle you're going to win. I, I'm going to win. I'm coming out of this thing because I know what it takes to come out of it. The victory that overcomes the world or your problems is your faith. Where you are in the word determines your outcome. Again, 1 John 5 and 4, the victory that overcomes the world is even our faith. Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by and hearing the word of God. That's the reason I have to be to the point to where I know I'm going to win. I know I'm going to get the victory because I'm living by faith. Oh, I'm going to get the victory. It does not matter how it looks right now. I just got to stick to the word. I say, I just got to stick to the word. What about you? Have you just got to? That means you got to think, talk, and do according to what is written and what is revealed. You will show me the path life. Lord, you're going to direct me. You're going to implant in me what I need in order to walk down the right way and not get in error. When he reveals, he'll implant in you what you need in order to take you down the path you need to go down. What does he implant in believers? The spirit of God. John 16 and 13 says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, what he going to do? He going to guide you. Where? Into all truth. In other words, your days of walking in error are going to be over. I say your days of walking in error are going to be over. Because see, when you walk in error, you'll end up in poverty, in lack. You'll end up being depressed, miserable, unhappy, and so forth. Why? You're in error. But the Bible says about truth in John 8, 31 and 32 in part, you'll know the truth. And guess what the truth's going to do? Make you free. It's going to start creating a new person. I said it's going to start creating a new person. You'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. You'll start becoming a new person. You'll start thinking, talking and acting differently. That's the reason Paul penned in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things have passed. Man, she don't even act like she used to act. That girl used to be so nervous, but look how positive she is now. Look how bold she is now. What's going on with her? Truth making her. Truth making her into a different person. He used to be a wimp, but look at him now. He got a mindset that he can do whatever needs to be done. What happened to him? Truth. Truth will make you free. Because the truth has creative power. How many are understanding you will show me the path of life. That's the reason you come to church every week. That's the reason you're, you're listening to what God is saying through his prophet. Because you want to know what he has ordained for your, your life. See, God is not just going to throw, throw everything he has planned for you out in one message. The psalmist let us know the steps of a righteous person 
the order by the Lord. It, week in and week out, God said, look, this is the next step. Give them this step right here. Now, see, the problem with some of us, we don't want some of the steps. We want to choose what steps we want to take. See, see, if you're trying to go from one to five, you're messing up yourself. Don't be blaming God because your prosperity ain't happening. Don't be blaming God because your better is not manifesting because you're skipping the steps. Steps of a righteous person are honored by who? And a step is just simply he's going to give you one, two, three, four, and so forth. Those are steps. But he's going to show you the path of life. And you, and you have to understand this. When God starts to show you stuff, it's not, going, it's not going to always look the way you want it to look. And see, the psalmist understood, understood that. And see, we have to understand that when God starts showing us things, it's not always going, going to look the way we want it to look. See, you done, you done already uh, planned out your little life. You didn't put no room in there for trouble. Folk not liking you. Ups and downs. Getting a flat tie while you going to an interview. You didn't put none of that in there. You, you got this little perfect plan. But see, that ain't life. That's heaven. See, life going to be filled with drama. If you read your Bible, you will find out that, that before Job got that supernatural increase, he had to deal with the devil and trials. How many understand you, you have to understand, before Israel entered into the promised land, they had to go through a wilderness. Had to go through a place where when they wanted something to drink, they just, just couldn't go out to the faucet and turn it on. No, it, they had to get it supernaturally. See, that's life, but that's never going to stop what God has ordained for you. The things that happen in life will never stop what God has ordained for you to have. As long as you stick to the plan. Stick to the path. And so again, you will show me. Now by now, some of us ought to have in our being, God going to show me exactly what I need to do. He going to show me exactly what I need to think. He's going to show me exactly what I need to say. If that's not in your being right now, you have not been listening to me. If that's not in your being right now, you are not serious about what I'm teaching, what I'm preaching. Ask your neighbor for me is what the pastor been teaching in your being. See, you got to have that in your being that he's going to show you. Well, I'm going through a little struggle, right? He'll show you what to do with that struggle. He'll show you what to do with whatever you may be presently going through. But you have to utter out of your mouth, God going to show me and you have to mean it. And then he went on to say, you will show me. You will reveal unto me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence. And notice how he connects God showing him his path in reference to life to the presence of God. See, see, we have to understand if, if we are truly servants of God that our 
life is connected to the presence of God. What is the presence of God? The presence of God resides at wherever God is. One place we know the presence of God is, is God's church. I say God's church. Now I'm going to say something that may make some of y'all mad. Because I might be talking about somebody that you know or somebody that has some kin to you. The presence of God does not reside in every church. The presence of God does not reside in every church. Matter of fact, some churches do not want the presence of God to reside there. In order for God's presence to reside in any church or any person, the person has to submit to the will of God. If I submit to the will of God, his presence is going to reside in me. If we as a church submit to the will of God, his presence will always abide here. The presence of God is where God is. And if God is present, that means his will is being revealed. He is speaking. He is doing according to what is written and what is revealed. You can't be in God's presence and God not be speaking about his, his doings. When, when Moses went up to the mountain and, and he talked about being in the presence of God, the, the time that he was in the presence of God, God was speaking to Moses his will. To the point to where God got to talking to Moses, uh, to where he said, Moses, I'm going to show you what I have not showed anybody. What you going to show me, God? I'm going to show you my hinder parts. In other words, he was going to show Moses what happened in the beginning. Even though Moses wasn't even born in the beginning when God started creating the heavens and the earth. When we consider the five books of Moses, Genesis being the first, the only reason Moses could pen it and talk about in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and talked about what God did on the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth day, and then on the seventh day he rested is because God showed him his hinder parts, showed him the beginning of creation. Reveal it unto him. And God has been revealing his hand, his self, ever since. But he does it through his servants. Somebody asked me, Moses was real old. How in the world he know about Genesis and he was back there with Adam and all that? God had to show him. And when he showed him his hind paws, that's when he could pin everything that took place in the book of Genesis. But it was done in the presence of God. It was in the presence of God when, when you didn't have a pot to twill in or a yard to throw it out in. That God spoke to you and said, I'm getting ready to give you your first house. It was in the presence of God when God revealed to Minister Jackson, even though he was in Chicago, I'm going to give you the job. I'm going to make sure you're going to make more money now than you've been Make it and look what he did. But it was in the presence of God. Before some of us 
receive what we now own, it was in the presence of God that he told you it was going to happen. And that's the reason the psalmist said, in your presence is fullness of joy. When I'm in your presence, you make sure that you pour in me that which makes me happy. That's what joy literally means. To be happy. And see you can be down and out. But then God. Can pour in you. What he's going to do. And even though you hadn't received anything. Just because he told you in his presence. It causes your whole demeanor to change. You start worshiping him. Because you know if God said it. He'll do it. He'll bring that thing to pass. How many of us have ever shouted or got happy just over what God said in a service? You got happy because you knew that the unction of the presence of God was in the place and God wasn't just talking just to be talking. You so knew it was the presence of God, you left the service talking about, I got my rhema. And the only way you can get a real rhema is when you are in the presence of God. Say to your neighbor, I believe somebody done got a rhema now. Because we show in the presence of God. We are in the presence of God. God will tell you certain things that he's going to do when you're down and out. But it'll only be in his presence. Elijah was was depressed. And he was also going through a famine. But then the presence of God started to manifest. And God began to speak to the prophet of God told him he, he said look don't you worry I, I just need you to go to the brook Cherith I, I done got the ravens to, to get some stuff together for you and you ain't gonna have to worry about no food just, just go on down there and the ravens gonna take care of you and, and to his amazement when he got down to the brook Cherith he had the water there but he was waiting on the ravens to bring the food and it wasn't a family called ravens it was actual birds and God had spoke to the birds to the point to where they made sure they brought the prophet of God something to eat two times a day I don't know where they got the food. It didn't tell us. I don't know if they flew to heaven and flew back. I don't know. But what God said, he did it. He didn't tell us where they got the food from. And that's what God is going to do for you. (laughs) He may not reveal to you where it's going to come from. But he wants you to know I'm going to take care of you. down but he'll only do such in his presence in thy presence is fullness of joy there's no way if you're in the presence of God you're going to come to church happy or come to church miserable and leave miserable not if you are allowing the presence of God to fill you not if you are allowing the presence of God to cause your cup to run over in your 
presence is fullness of joy. In your presence, you fill my cup over. David, the psalmist that penned it, talked about it a little more plain in the book of Psalm 23 when he talked about, you anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And then he determined, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. How long, David? All the days of my life. Say to your neighbor, you can't get filled with God's presence or with his spirit and remain the same. I said, you can't get filled with God's presence or his spirit, or his joy, and remain the same. God will touch you in ways you've never been touched. God will speak to you in ways you've never been spoken to. God will turn things around for you in ways they have never been turned around for you. Shout at somebody, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. You better tell somebody else, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like. That's the reason I can't be in a dead church. I'll die. I'll go broke. I'll be without if I'm in a dead church. I got to be in a church where I feel the presence of God. I've got to be in a church where the tongues of heaven are being spoken. I've got to be in a church where prophesying is going forth. Where the songs of Judah, the songs of praise are going forth. I've got to be in a church where I can feel the spirit of God from my crown to the sole of my feet. In thy presence is fullness of joy. But see, fullness of joy also represents God empowering you or giving you strength. For Nehemiah 8 and 10, Nehemiah had to tell the folks, so look, I don't, I don't need y'all crying. I, I don't need y'all weeping today. So now y'all, y'all don't need to be doing that today. This ain't no day to be depressed. This ain't no day to be miserable. This ain't no day to have no pity party. He said, no, God doing too much. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Shout to somebody, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That means when God starts filling you, when he starts pouring out his spirit and you start allowing that joy to get embedded down on the inside of you, you are going to be empowered with dudamus. What is dudamus? God will give you the power to do what you need to be. He'll give you the power to do what you need to do in life. Power in order for you to fulfill the destiny, the purpose, or the plan that he has ordained for your life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Some of us. We used to be so down and out. Matter of fact, we used to be pitiful. Excuse me, I'm just telling the truth. Now, don't get mad. We used to be pitiful. Our name, our nickname could have been Pity Party. But God empowered you. Oh, God empowered you and look where you are right now. Look how far God has brought you. Look how God has raised you up. Look how God has changed your situation. It's just like you done went from night to day. You done went from down to up. God has blessed you. In thy presence. Is fullness of joy. Pastor, I ain't feeling like coming to church today. Just I done had a terrible week. You need to come to church. Come to church and get you some strength. Come to church 
and just bash in the Shekinah glory of God. Come to church and allow the anointing of God to get on your crown and go to the sole of your feet. Won't the anointing destroy yokes of bondage? Won't the anointing cause you to feel better? Won't the anointing cause you to get a complete 360? Won't the anointing do something great for you? In your presence. is fullness of joy. But you have to choose. You have to choose to allow God's anointing to do a work on you. You have to choose. You, you have to choose to walk in what the enemy does not want you to walk in. What the flesh does not want you to walk in. You have to choose to trust what the flesh does not want you to trust. God's word. And so God will be filling you. And you'll just be happy. Man, she stay happy. What's going on? That, that girl even happy when she go through trouble. Because she done been filled. With scripture like James 1, 1 through 4. She done learned how to count it all joy. Even though she going through a whole lot of trouble. Man, he, he act like he ain't going through nothing. That's because he done learned to do what 1 Peter 4 and 12 told him. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened. Well, if you don't want me to think strange, what I need to do, rejoice. Rejoice that you have been made a partaker of Christ's suffering. Because if you suffer with him, you will also reign with him. Finally, the verse reveals at his right hand are pleasures. Notice how long? Forever more. That means when you truly get in the will of God, you're going to always be happy. Misery ain't going to be able to touch. You ain't going to have to wait for the eagle to fly. You're going to be happy on a Monday. Don't act like you don't know what the eagle is. Yo, check. God will make you happy every day of the week. But notice what he said. He says, at your right hand. Now understand this. The hand of God represents the power of God. But the right hand of God represents Jesus. The Christ. Oh Lord, some of y'all just, your you hallelujahs dropped when I said that. I've been cool, but now I got to show you in scripture. Let's go to the book of uh, Acts. Good. God from Zion. I was rolling. I thought I was going to be able to quote and be done. But let me show you this. Probably need to see it. Didn't see Say, keep rolling. Let me roll as I read. <laughs> now notice what David said. Now David is the same psalm as that pen, Psalm 16 and 11. But, but consider this. Acts 2 and 25. Ready? For David said concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. In other words, he was in his presence. Look at it again. For I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is, well, at my right hand. Why? That I may not be shaken. He is at my right hand that I may not be what? Notice verse 32. Let's go up to verse 32. Same chapter. This Jesus God has raised up 
of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the help me. But see, Jesus being the right hand of God represents the salvation of God. Notice David said, I will not be shaken. That does not mean enemies, troubles, and such are not going to try to shake us. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the enemy's job to, to come and try to steal, kill, and destroy. It's the enemy's job to try to shake us. David said at one time, I almost slipped. Guess what stopped him from slipping? The right hand of God. Why is it you didn't die? The right hand of God. How is it you stop doing all that dope? Why is it you turn completely around? The right hand of God. How can you be doing better now than you've ever been doing? The right hand of God. Say to your neighbor, Jesus changed my life. For the better. Shout it one more person. Jesus changed my life for the better. Oh, look at somebody and say, I'm I'm telling you, he changed my life for the better. That's the reason I gotta tell for okay. Nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do be like y'all gotta help me say that to somebody. Tell them, okay, nobody but nobody but nobody nobody do be like he changed my life. You know you would still be whoring if it hadn't been for Jesus. You would still be at the gambling table if it hadn't been for Jesus. You would still be shooting if it hadn't been, been for Jesus. You would still be doing the dirt you used to do if it had been doing for Jesus. How did he change you at the right hand of God? Why? Because he heals that hand. David said, I'm forever before him. He is at the right hand. Why is he there? So I won't be shaken. That's the reason you got to understand the enemy can put all kind of threats before you. The enemy can even come with weapons. But because of Christ, we have the testimony, no weapons formed against us shall prosper. You'll go through fights. You'll even feel humanly emotions where you think you done lost. You ain't lost. Jesus on your side. All you got to do is keep the faith. Well, it seemed like, well, it ain't over yet. Why? Because the race. Is not given to the swift. But to those who endure to the end, the same shall be saved. How many, how, how many things that the enemy told you was going to take you out years ago, you overcame them? Put your hand up, let me look at you. Look at these overcomers in here. You prove that First John 5 and 4 is right. The victory that overcomes the world is even our what? So why are you tripping about what you're going through right now? Shout at somebody, if your right hand bought you out of things yesterday, he's going to bring you out of things today, and he's going to bring you out of things tomorrow. Because according to Hebrews 13 and 8, he changes. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's, that's the reason we have scriptures like Romans 6 and 23. For the wages of sin are death. But the gift of God, get this, 
is eternal life. Through who? Jesus Christ, our right hand. What is eternal life? Oh, that's heaven. No. Eternal life starts the moment you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Eternal life is synonymous with abundant life. Jesus said, I came so you can have life. I showed up right here on earth so your life could start now. I came now so you could quit being the tail and start being the head and live above only and never beneath. You know what pleasures are? Things that make you This is the Bible. I done tried it, yeah, but but you tried it on, on your you, you tried it like it like it was a free trial thing. <laughs> I'm gonna give you 30 days to do this, Jesus. This free trial is, <laughs> is over in 30 days. If you don't show up in 30 days, you ain't real. No, you don't do that. You just trust God and go through the process and watch him do what your eyes have not seen. Your ears have not heard. Stuff that ain't even, you ain't even thought about choosing God. God will manifest in your life. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.